Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Winning Plays podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome in, Winning Plays podcast, back again. It's been a week since Marcus Smart has been traded, and we had an we had an emergency pod in the aftermath, but this is the real emergency pod. This is the dust has settled. We're bringing in the big guns, bringing in the originators, Michael Pina of the Ringer, Rich Levine firmly of the big three winning plays podcast <laughs> now superstars in their own right guys we're here we're a week out this thing has been dissected inside out it's great to see your faces even though these are maybe not the terms we want to talk about it on so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw the floor to you where where do we start right now what do we where we feel a week after this deal and and what what lies ahead for this team after such a i guess what surprising move should we say i don't know what how we want to phrase this can I just ask? Did you so? Did you throw a parade? Did you did you pop a champagne bottle Stop. when you Stop heard my, that Smart Stop right was there, Michael. getting traded? Was that, that the is, move? For that you? is unfair. <laughs> you have unfair. to start watching Grizzlies games just just in case he misses a few in a row. <laughs> Listen, all I wrote about this leading up to it, it was all Malcolm Brogdon trades. I didn't write one Marcus Smart trade column because I thought we were at that point where it's like this just isn't happening. Someone yeah. said that uh, during the after trade deadline, I think it was like we just went through and I think it might have been Ryan uh, Bernardoni. We just went through an entire trade deadline without one Marcus Smart rumor. Right. Like it seemed like a a bridge to like to forever with the Celtics and Mar- with Marcus. And then Malcolm Brogdon got hurt. They collapsed in the East finals and then everything um, got turned on the head. So I don't know. Can I tell you a story about Please. the Marcus trade? So yes. watching watching the drafts at home with uh with my daughter uh eight years old and they just mentioned something randomly about the trade and then we're watching a few a few more minutes she disappears into her room don't think much of it at a commercial a couple of minutes later i walk by and she's just hysterically crying in her bed and like three girls under eight a lot of crying in our house normally i can just brush it off it seemed a little bit deeper sit down like what, what what's the matter like, can i talk to you in the other room we go have to walk in the other room and she just breaks down in tears and she's his hair is not going to be green anymore. <laughs> he's not going to be he's not going to be number 36 anymore. And I'm like, maybe he'll be 36. I'm trying to trying to make it better. She's like, worst of all, I'm going to be rooting for the Grizzlies now and you're going to be rooting for the Celtics. Wow. Wow. Amazing. I know. And like, I'm I'm old and jaded. Like you know, we've we've seen. We've seen Paul Pierce play in a different jersey. We've seen, seen Tom Brady play in a different jersey. Like it, it's shocking when someone gets traded, but like the whole 
I don't know. The the emotion has been drained out a little bit for me. I'm sorry to see Marcus go, but I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. But we all have that first moment in our in our fandom where we realize like these guys that we love. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's somewhat conditional. But I also said to her like, we're always gonna, I'm I'm always going to be a Marcus Smart fan. You're always going to be a Marcus Smart fan. When the Grizzlies come and play the Celtics, we will root for. You know, I, I think the first game back, I always root for the, the player. Like I wouldn't mind if Marcus hit the hit a game winning shot for the Grizzlies against the Celtics in that game. But uh, yeah, for me, that was a moment where like, again, sometimes I can get a little down by how little I'm affected by this stuff at this point. But to see someone who's going through it for the first time and really, really, really go through it, uh, it kind of hit me kind of hard. You stole my thunder with that story because that was exactly my reaction to the Marcus Smart trade. (laughs) Me and your daughter, we had the exact same. uh, Your your, your wife was playing the role of me. Exactly. Consoling me, sobbing in bed. Um, yeah, I was, I mean, I was pretty stunned. I'm not going to lie because like all day long, you're, you're seeing the Malcolm Brogdon rumors that are logical. Um, I expected them to break up the, the trio of guards that they had for financial reasons more than anything. I thought like on the court, it was fine and that they could win the championship as currently constructed, but uh, the additional two years of salary, um, knowing that they wanted to bring back Jalen on a supermax extension. Like, I just know that someone would have to go. And I was kind of thinking that it would be Malcolm for a variety of reasons. And the trade that they had with the Clippers and the wizards made a lot of sense. Um, and then, yeah, like you zoom out and the value that the Celtics got here is just like undeniably great, right? Like they upgrade Chris Porzingis is a better player. I think, I don't know if you guys agree and I, th- I think it's debatable, but I think Chris Porzingis ceiling as a player is like an all-star like that's it. And I don't one think I was an smarts. all-star. One guy has not never been an all-star, right? Never uh, be an all-star. Right, I think that Ooh. his his ceiling. <laughs> yeah, I get the hatred, just the no, venom, a... the venom. Fair um, So you upgrade uh, with a younger player, more expensive for sure, but a younger player, um, someone who is an archetype that uh, Brad Stevens and before him Danny Ainge clearly coveted. I thought for all season long, like that they were just waiting to make the the Lowry Markinen trade, honestly, because like that's the type of player that they have always wanted. Like that's why they signed Danilo Gallinari. They just love bigs who are skilled who can shoot, and they get one who's maybe the best of that type of player um, when healthy, and they get two first round picks too. And I know that they you know flip one of them into a second and or. Yeah, I guess like Jordan Walsh and how many seconds did they get? Like four, four seconds, additional? So like five, yeah. five total seconds. Yeah, which is valuable in the new CBA. Um, it makes a lot of sense. Um, so the value is just like undeniably like if you're doing win loss, you know, whatever, how you want to grade trades like the Celtics definitely got really good value and changed fundamentally changed like so much about their team and how they can play, particularly on the defensive end. And it's just going to be really fun, I think, to see how it all kind of shakes out. I I guess, like, just, B-Rob, like, before you give your reaction to it, which is, you know, obviously, again, like, popping champagne <laughs> bottles and, is... uh, you know, just dancing in the streets. Please. Do you think, like, I, I, like, they're not done here at all, right? Like, no. 
I feel like they need to add another ball handler. I've, I know Peyton Pritchard's still on the roster. Um, I would say that that personally to me, like is the biggest need right now. Like someone who can, you know, create a little bit. I don't know if, what they're going to get, but someone who can handle the ball, um, make life easier for Tatum and Jalen hit some threes. Like that's a guard like that. Maybe with some size is probably what they need still, but yeah, it was a, it was a stunner. And, uh, Nine years, nine good years with Marcus. Nine great years. It's a long time. Yeah, it's a hell of a ride in this league. But it really so, is. B-Rob, we talk about someone that not exactly what Pino was just describing, but like, what's the deal with Brogdon? Like, is he around? <laughs> I, I, I've, heard, I've, heard, I've heard first of all that he was not happy about the way that the play, the the trade. I would assume so. Like, I think you hear all day that you're going to get traded. And then you get a call like half an hour before the actual trade saying, Hey, you know what? That's not going to happen. We really, really want you here. Actually. You know, we changed it. We changed our mind. We'd love to have you here. Let's, let, let, let's make this, let's make this good. And you understand if you're Brogdon where you're like, Hey, um, maybe this isn't the right place for me anymore. All right. Let's take a break here to hear from our sponsor. FanDuel baseball season is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action. than FanDuel America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to join today. Now, right now, falling during the MLB season, the Red Sox have been up and down. It's been a rough run for them lately. And to be honest, if I'm looking at bets on the Red Sox right now, their offense has been terrible lately. So I'm betting the under on those run totals in a lot of these games, Lily, because the days have not been putting anything on the board, but you can check those out and a bunch of other possibilities. And don't forget your chance to make your first no sweat, first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of major league baseball, major league baseball trademarks, user permission, 21 plus and present in maths, first online real wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at fando.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling line, gambling helpline, ma.org, or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. And now back to the show. Totally. I mean, honestly, like, Beyond just reflecting, that's what I want to talk to you guys about now in terms of there are all these X factors of this deal. And I think you just hit on the important, most important one, like maybe most pressing one now, Rich, is like Brogdon, like pretty much was traded for 12 hours, essentially. And then wasn't traded, got dragged through the mud that like essentially like damaged goods with his like injury wise. So that like to add another layer of the hurt there. So like, what do the Celtics do with him? Do you can you mend fences enough with him right now? Like, and of course there's degrees as of course he'll come back and play. He's not going to sit out or whatever and mope, but like, are you better off being like, yeah, listen, like you're a guy now. We just had too many. Can we like, can you go down that road with him? Or do you have to be like, listen, that is a potential long-term issue for us now for like cohesion, whatever on this team, we might be better off moving him anyway for payroll reasons. As Mike kind of alluded to as well, which they were trying to do in the first place. So like, do you try to get out ahead of that now and find, you know, maybe a better ball handler like Mike was referring to? There's obviously some cheaper options in the market, or do you 
say, or do you swallow hard and knowing that his value is obviously lower right now after this episode and kind of try to reset and work the roster in other places heading into next season? Like, I don't know the answer to that. I it's I'm I'm about like publicly they're going to say they're going to we love Malcolm. He's going to be back. But like internally, Rich, like they have to be being like, like you said, like considering like, ooh, did we do we need to, you know, just make this move because we kind of dug ourselves into this hole right now. Pina, who else, when you mentioned like some of those other ball handlers, like preferably a little bit bigger, but either way, like, who is that? I mean, obviously Patrick Beverly's name has been tossed around. I mean, that's a big move, like for chemistry and a whole lot of other reasons, but like who else is out there? Like Danny might want to get rid of Colin Sexton. Like who else? Eh, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, Morris. I, I love Monte Morris. Ooh, I mean, yeah. I, I like Monte Morris, DeLon Wright. Um, yes. he would be a really good addition. Uh, someone who can defend size, handle the ball, etc. Like, I really like that. I do like Pat Bev, honestly. I was thinking about that earlier. If you can get him at the veterans minimum, um, I don't know if you can, but if you can, that's that's pretty enticing. Um, Monte Morris is, I don't know how much they like it defensively, but again, I don't like. Are you switching everything anymore? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, you're, it's like you're, the whole scheme's gonna be different. It seems like, yeah, it's like I would assume they're gonna play a lot of. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know. I've been going back in my head about are they gonna play double bigs a lot this year, or if they're gonna really play. Half, if Porzingis is gonna play half his minutes at the five, Tatum at the four, I don't know. Um, I would imagine that they have to play or would like to play. I guess Grant Williams factors into this too, if if they bring him back. But, um, you know, if you're double big, like you're not going to be switching everything. So like the need to have defensive versatility goes down a little bit with the rim protection and the size and the length. So like Monte Morris would just be really great. And um, as a backup point guard, he'd be one of the best in the NBA. Um, I don't think it would be, that costly to get him off of Washington's hands. I don't know what the market is there. If anyone else wants Monte Morris, but that's who I would really be targeting right now. Um, and uh, yeah. Cause like, I do think the, the passing thing is a little overblown where it's like, they lost their best passer. Now, how are they going to move the ball? Like, I think like still, pretty much everybody is above average. Who's going to be in the rotation as a passer besides Jalen, like Jalen's kind of, and maybe you could say Brogdon too, if he's still around. Like, I don't think he's like this like great playmaker, but I think Tatum's fine. Uh, uh, Horf, the bigs can all pass and are all willing passers, including KP um, as he yeah. showed last year. So I think that's a little bit of a overblown uh, criticism, but, they they need another ball handler, I think, because I don't I don't feel comfortable giving the ball to Jalen Tatum, and it's not fair to them either to have them just run the show for eighty two games, let alone in the playoffs. You didn't, like Jalen's handle? you didn't like Jalen's handle in the playoffs, Mike. It was spotty, <laughs> spotty at times. Aye. I'm more I, I'm more like about his decision making than I am about. The, the the really sloppy ball handling live ball turnovers like when he shoots sometimes i'm just like why did you take that shot 
Like, sure, but it is weird that a NBA superstar has moments where he literally cannot dribble a basketball. Is he a superstar? <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm using that. I mean, he's going to get the super max. You're get you. super max I hope you're going to. You can call him a superstar if you can give him three hundred million dollars. Yeah, but that's right. That's another conversation it's, for it is. Um, is Jalen Brown going to be on the team this time next year? Well, that's. I think that's going to be dependent on what happens next season. If you win a championship. Yes. If you don't win a championship, like maybe like not, maybe not coin flip odds, but certainly especially Porzingis, see, like are they, give, are they give Porzingis an extension before they see him on the floor right now for like $75 million. Can I tell you a really funny uh, idea that I've had? Um, let's say like KP is playing great. Let's say they don't give the extension. He's playing great. I don't know what the deadline is for an extension. What's the deadline to give him an extension? Is that before? I think they can do it at any point during the. I'd have to double check. They can. I know it starts in the second week of July. I don't know if there's an end date of like when they have to do it by the start of the season or something like that. But I imagine it's a pretty okay. So I have a, I I have a like a little hypothetical that will never happen, mostly because the new CBA is just an absolute bear. But let's say KP's playing pretty well, um, and. You know, you're thinking about the extension or whatever. Like, I was just looking at Carl Anthony Towns' contract, which is like obviously a ton, but next year the salary is basically exactly what KP makes. And if you were to flip those two, I just like again, it's not, not going <laughs> to happen. You're getting a better player. A lot. Uh, I think Cat is still a lot better, and Cat as the third option. Granted, I understand the money, which is why this won't happen. But the Timberwolves, I think, would jump at that. I really do. If you just flipped it with no pick compensation going either way, they got to get off that and then see what they wear with KP. Like, I really, that's just something I've been thinking about, daydreaming about, whatever. Not going to happen, but I just wanted to say it. And to your Mm -hmm. point, Mike, like, they are very much positioning themselves with these moves on top of getting Porzingis. Like, you've got two first that you've got. So now you have all your future firsts plus an extra Golden State one that may or may not be intriguing for next year. And then a boatload of of second round picks here. Like these are not picks to use in the draft. These are picks to be like, how do we maximize our window in the next two years? And that's, I'm sure the type of swings you're talking about, like those are not swings you can take right now. Those are swings you, you know, you think about down the road, whether it's with Jalen or Porzingis or whoever, but like the, like, to your price point, like I, I'd be shocked if they're done. And the question is, do they wait turn kind of during the season to kind of see what it all looks like and then try to make that final move or or try to make another decent sized swing now for a you know, you're not gonna get a star type player, but certainly there you have the assets to get, you know, a starter level player to add to this rotation without really taking anything away outside of, you know, considering whatever you think of of Brogdon here. So I guess my question I have for you guys right now on this is like if the question for next season is Brogdon or Grant and other stuff like what what direction do you go in as far as like affordability of like like is that an easy decision for you guys to make or is that a situation where you know you'd like to have the more sure thing of Brogdon and maybe get a cheaper piece to replace Grant because you're going to need obviously some more bigs to replace him behind this Brogdon does not feel like a short Brogdon doesn't feel like a short thing now just no you're right I mean just Physically, 
um because it was his hand but then like his foot is an issue too right that's what i've heard i know mike's may have heard that too <laughs> like, but anyways <laughs> Yeah, I, so it it just seems like it just but that and and the the bad blood over the trade that seems to me if you can find a way to and I love Malcolm Brogdon loved watching him play right up until the playoffs uh, last year. Uh, be sorry. To well, see he was go. good before he got hurt. Yeah, sure, right. I, I was just talking about the end of the playoffs, sure. clouding my memory a little bit. Um, Did he impress you guys though in the playoffs? I feel like he was like fine, but he wasn't. I felt like as the crunch time five, like, you know, fifth guy in the court, he never like impressed maybe like i don't know maybe i don't know if you blame him for that but i feel like it just wasn't never the right mix like where they that group they they struggled in that spots and he didn't necessarily help things not that he was the cause of it i'm not looking at his numbers right now but i thought he was i thought he was fine and if not good and uh i think they would have beaten the heat if he never hurt himself um but yeah i don't know like i do think that to answer your initial question, like, was it Brogdon or Grant and or stuff? Grant and other stuff, yeah, conceivably, like, because you have you'd have some you could probably use the tax pyramid level five million, or if you trade Brogdon for someone like Morris, then you can use the savings to sign Grant, so you get essentially like two players for Brogdon's salary. Yeah, I'd have to know what you could get for Brogdon or who would be interested in him right now. Um I don't I'm not ruling out a trade there. Um kind of regardless of what they do with with Grant. Um but what do you guys what do you guys think happens with Grant? Cuz that's like kind of a, a really pressing issue. B Rob, I read your piece with like the 17 possibilities <laughs> all the teams that could have interest. I think he fits basically anywhere in the whole league. Um I do think the, can you answer something for me? Like why are people that I'm I'm just seeing like Celtics, mostly Celtics Twitter, but like why do people think that a sign and trade is like likely here? Yeah. I think people think like, oh, you're not gonna let Grant walk away for nothing. That's uh, just that mentality. Well, but you might have to. But right, exactly. <laughs> but that's if it's if it comes down to like, well, we don't want to pay. And it's like, I don't know, are you going to let him walk away for like $12 million a year? Like, you probably shouldn't do that because that should be a contract that you can trade if you need to next year. So that'd be essentially being like, yeah, you 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 can't pay him long term, but like, you're not going to replace him for the year. So why not like keep him and then you can move him next year? Like, I don't know that I guess that's the but obviously if that price point goes up to 15 or 16 million and that becomes like that's a dicier scenario where it's like, all right, you might have to sweeten the pot to get some team to take that. And you already have a couple other contracts. You might be in the same boat. And yeah. If you sign and trade, there's like a, a weird assumption that you're even going to get anything back of value beyond right. like a couple more second round picks. Right. Yeah, like totally. You're not going to get someone for grant that you can go and plug in. And I say play, play grant Williams minutes, which is zero a lot of nights during the season. But like someone, I, I, I'm ready to roll with grant. I'd be very happy to, to run it back with him one more year i love him you guys know i love him uh when when he finally got a chance in that miami series he was a huge part of of even making it a series he should have been playing should have been been playing the whole playoffs like the whole year the whole year yeah it didn't make and i don't know if it like what was it was it just random that it had coincided with those two missed foul shots in cleveland that he kind of fell off or was it like was it more than that no i i think it was 
I think that was random that kind of coincided with that. I think, I want to say that's like, he got benched right before that, honestly. And that might be when he first came back. It was something around those lines, but you're right, right? Like, I mean, I mean, this is one of the things where it's like, and we haven't even talked about the coaching part of this and the the changes to the staff and obviously Sam Cassell and Charles Lee and those guys coming aboard. But like a lot of things that happened last year, playing, playing wise, didn't make a lot of sense from rotation standpoints, from whether it was Grant Williams or, you know, Derek White, being benched in plenty of crunch time. So if that stuff's resolved and knowing what this front, I'm with you guys hundred percent. Like you have to have a very good replacement ready to go. If you're going to let Grant Williams walk in this situation. And I don't see an easy path to doing that unless you're like using this Brogdon deal as a way to get, you know, another big there. But even then it's like, why wouldn't you use that for something else and just keep Grant? I don't know. Like it doesn't make much sense to me not to otherwise. So I have a free agency prediction. You reminded me of it, Birab, when you were talking about the assistant coaches, because then I was thinking about uh, how they also hired Emil Jefferson. Very uh, Another move that's like, oh, Jason, Jason, this is your team. Sorry, Jalen. Jason, this is your yep. team. Can't take credit for this, but uh, Javante Green, back to the Celtics. And Never should have left. Never should have dumped him two years ago for tax purposes. Has actually played better in the Bulls. I like that a lot, Rich. That's, Feel free to run with that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's because they honestly need that type of guy anyway. You need the, I feel like the springy wing. Like that's that's kind of something they didn't really have off the bench at all last year. Um, yeah. Sam Hauser, excuse me. I mean, <laughs> uh, sorry. Apologies to Sam. Um, what about what about Sam next year? We can assume maybe he'll be ready for a little bit more. Like what are because the numbers say he's not horrible on defense, right? Yeah, he held up pretty so. well based on the metrics. Yeah, like they tried to attack him, and like I'm sure they were successful at times, but it wasn't like consistently like this is the guy we can attack and and beat you with. And the shot was came and went from time to time, but you would think maybe if he had a little bit more consistent run, might be more consistent with his shot. I don't know. Where where, where do you? And maybe this depends on Grant as well. Like how many minutes might might open up? Like if Grant's not there, like could you envision a situation where Hauser's playing twenty minutes a game? You certainly have to, Mike. I feel like if you're gonna if you're letting Grant walk, that's that is a huge bet on Sam Hauser as saying, okay, we think he can play the, you know, guard fours or guard threes off the bench like regularly, which is, I mean, that remains to be seen, I guess. Yeah, um, I was just looking up. Sam splits. Uh, he played. He averaged sixteen minutes a game in eighty games last season. Oh, wow. That's like more than way more than I thought. Yeah, I would, much more than I thought. Um, finished over forty percent, forty one point eight percent behind the three point line. Uh, wow. Did go through lulls, to your point, Rich, for sure. And I do wonder, like, with shooters, what's in your head when it comes to if I. Uh, how how of how is making and missing this shot going to affect my playing time? <laughs> right, <laughs> going forward, which you never want. Um, like Pritchard, Pritch was in that spot for the for a good portion of this year. I thought too. Right. I mean, I like Hauser. I think he's like a rotational NBA player, and you can't have enough shooting. And he compliments everybody around him. Uh, I I don't know, like. Definitely not 
the same defender as Grant Williams, for sure. There's a difference between holding up because you're getting picked on and like being a stopper or being someone who you can throw on Giannis and throw on whoever just name a guy and Grant Williams can defend him capably. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, I would be fine. I think the Celtics would be okay if he was getting more minutes next year. I think, um, he's pretty good. And like, if he was a unrestricted free agent this summer, I think teams would seriously consider throwing, I don't know how much, but way more than the veterans minimum at him for sure. One name that came up around him a lot last season because of his history with the Celtics was Struess, right? And I know at times some people within the organization had maybe argued that he could be better than Struess. Is he? He's not as as athletic, I don't think, as Struess, or can he be? I yeah, think I, Hauser dunked it last year, didn't he have some dunks? Well, he's, he's six foot seven, right? Six eight, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I know, yeah, I don't know if that speaks to his athleticism as opposed to having a long week, but yeah, no, I think. I think mean, it's a fair assessment. It sounds like Struce. I mean, I think I was reading Jake Fisher on Yahoo today, and he, they were talking about Struce getting more than mid-level money uh, from one of these teams of cap space. So, yeah, I would think that part of the equation, like Struce was never a great defender, but I think certainly like he's got more agility, et cetera, than how three dunks, yeah, three, three dunks, for three dunks. So look out! <laughs> but that doubles this year. Um, yeah, so I guess that's the question now. If it's like, I mean, with guys, when you have Hauser, when you have the Pritchards of the world like coming off the bench right now, like lower cost options it, is the front office. Is it's being like, all right, let's kind of see what we have with those guys in this new, um, you know, revamped rotation here. And, and then make tweaks as we go. Or do we say, Hey, yeah. Like we have 38 year old Al Horford and two guys in Porzingis and Rob who average probably 45 games a season over the course of their career. Like, we probably want to have better insurance there than like Luke Cornette or something like that. Like just in terms of like taking that onus off of them in the day to day, if they are going to play double bigs, which I expect like you, you don't make this trade unless you like say like you want to play like what 60%, 70% of these games is double bigs. Now I feel like when you have, you know, lineups, like when you have these guys in place and, and potentially one more big, right. Is that a too big of a leap or is, is, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the starting five? Is. What's the starting five? I have no idea. Like White, Jalen, Tatum, and then your guess is good as mine for who, which two of those Porzingis. last three. Porzingis, obviously, but then like, is he Porzingis at the that's... four, Porzingis at the five? Like, what's the... But that's four, we can say. Derek, yeah, Porzingis Jay's obviously and, is the fair. And Porzingis, yeah, so like, those are four Al starters. Like, I, would, I would personally start Rob. Personally. Yeah. That's what I would do. And I just think Horford... Rich's longtime favorite player. I just think like a lot of the thought process behind getting bigger and adding KP and 
just really needing, feeling an impetus to do it clearly because they gave up Marcus Smart when they initially thought that they would only have to give up Malcolm Brogdon is we have to preserve Al Horford. I just, I think that that is a huge component here and he's integral to them in the postseason. Um, Him being healthy is very, very important. Him being able to play big minutes is very important for a couple of straight months there. So I I think you should take him, bring him off the bench. Um, and honestly, hey Mike, like are if, you saying, are you saying Mike playing Al 31 minutes a year was not a good idea last year? 31 minutes a game, excuse me. Had to do what you had to do, I guess. I don't know. Um, I just can't see him playing back to backs for sure again. I can't see him. I think there will be scheduled rests for him this year quite a bit. Um, along with KP, along with Rob, I think there will be a little bit of a, a juggling act there. Um, there'll be scheduled rests and there'll be unscheduled rests as well. You can imagine sure. <laughs> with everybody. 100%. Like how many games, like we can talk, talk about this, like how many games out of 82 will they have all three of them available? Like if it's 45, that's a that, that's oh, a win. I'd oh, be like 20. 45. Oh, 20. that would be a yeah, that'd be Christmas. So you do that. Well, then then you, you get to the playoffs and you're like, all right, now let's let's start like figuring this out. Right. Well, that's a question. Like you, that's the NBA. The line? That's guess, the that's yeah. every every team goes through that though. I mean, look at the Heat. Like they had the, the Heat were playing lineups that they'd never played before. They had a starting lineup that they basically never played before, and they go on this ridiculous run. So like I don't know. I feel like every team kind of goes through that, but. And this is what it comes down to, like w- w- within that, though. Hold on, I'm getting a spam call. Um, but within that, it comes down to we can talk about this, everything on the margins. For all the all the for all the heat went through when Jimmy Butler came out and he was a top five player in the NBA, that was enough to get them to the finals. For all we're talking about, if Jason Tatum is going to be a top three player, that makes this a lot easier. If it's the same shit from last playoffs where he's disappearing for halves for games, uh, it doesn't matter. Is that fair to say? Unless yeah. he is, unless he is in the mold of Jokic and Giannis when they won that year, where you are bringing it every game. I know Giannis was hurt for a little bit of of their championship run, but like, unless you can count on your best player to be the best player every single game, like we're kind of just talking in circles. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. No, that's absolutely right. I mean... (sighs) Hmm... And he got injured in game seven. So that's like, yeah, you give a little bit of asset. But I think your, your bigger point in Stan's rich in the sense of like, this move is a bet by Brad Stevens that poor Zingas and the other stuff they got for smart is going to make life easier for Tatum and make Tatum better than Marcus smart did or has as this team is currently composed, whether that is the right bet, like that remains to be seen. I think there are questions, some questions about fit, certainly defensively, with this group that they'll have to tackle this year. But I don't know, Mike, I feel like they see the offensive issues were the biggest issues this team had against the heat again last year in the playoffs. And it's been like that time and time again with this core group. And so this was 
the last chance to really shake things up around with the supporting cast before bigger decisions had to be made, i.e. like the Jalen Jason situation. And so Brogdon was the first choice to do that. Once that kind of fell through, then like it went to smart and I don't know, like we'll see what it does, but I think you're right. Like this, I think this comes down to like, how can we make life easier for Tatum and Brown, et cetera, in those spots. And we'll see if Porzingis does that, I guess. I think he will. I mean, in the ways that a seven, three, uh, pick and roll partner who, uh, will space the floor. I mean, the kind of the way I look at one element of just essentially swapping smart for KP is like, you're going from an iffy, I think better than other people think, but an iffy three point shooter to someone who, if you just watch some of the, like the threes that KP hit last year, like just ridiculous stuff. Like I watched a ton of his footage because uh, I had all day to research it because I thought that the trade was going to be for Brogdon at like noon. Um, Just like a different type of offensive threat, just on a completely different level. But when so, you say ridiculous threes, like what specifically, like what kind of threes? Like contested, like, like shooting over. Yeah, like hand in the face. Uh, He's got the step back down. He's got, I think, a tighter handle than a lot of people think. Um, he's not like KD as the seven footer with the crossover, but he can cross you up. And also just like as a pick and is like, I think one of the things that he was so good at last year with Brad Beal was like, when you switch the pick and roll, which he had trouble with earlier in his career, post meniscus injury and post ACL a little bit, but like you switch it and then like last year he would roll into a post up, get really good position, seal his man. And then from eight feet and in, he was like money hitting really tough shots. Also like they don't, they haven't really had that, that type of threat. Like I understand like smart on the small, small pick and rolls. He can make plays out of it, but he wasn't like that type of scoring threat. So I just think he adds a different type of dimension to your offense. Um, and yeah, it's it, but it changes how you're going to play also. But I do think that, like, I think Tatum is a much better playmaker and passer than, um, than we've seen. And like the, the season of him averaging like seven and a half assists, I think is totally on the table for him. I, oh. I mean, it's not like out of the question for me. Uh, oh, was, so, he at, was he at six last? He had to be close to six last year, right? I can. Check it out. But I, I want to say you. he's never gotten above five, but I just, that's just me kind of blanching at it. Um, but what you describe, like, you know, the three yeah, pointers are great. 4.6 last year, career high. Oh, no shit. Um, but that, that sort of closer to the hoop attack and that array that, that Chris Dapson score with, like when you have those stretches where, when, where the Celtics are dying by the three, right? That, that is to have a reliable, weapon to go to inside the arc is just invaluable for this team. Yeah, yeah. it's a different type of threat for sure. Because Al, especially at this point in his career, you could see in the playoffs, like inside those zones and stuff, like he just I mean, he he goes to the free throw line like once every three games. He's just not looking to finish in those spots where like, as you point out, Mike, in the video, like Porzingis seems to thrive in those spots or like those in-between areas where he can get 
you know, kind of take advantage of that. And, and now this is the first time in his career, he's going to be the number three option and he's been playing with two arguably better offense players. So the, the quality of the looks he should be getting in this offense should be far superior than anything he's seen in his career. Yeah. Real quick. Um, so like second spectrum has this stat quantified shot making, which is essentially like how lucky you were or unlucky you were on the types of shots that you take. And last year, KP was one of the luckiest shooters in the whole league, mm. but he only shot 29% on uncontested three pointers. So what I think Brad sees is a guy who like they have access to those numbers, I'm sure. And like, I think that the metric assigning luck to him, I think the Celtics hope and believe that that is who KP is when healthy. And I think that the uncontested three number will likely go up. Like, I think that was an aberration because he finished 38% last season or 37 point, whatever. So he's going to get a lot more uncontested three pointers. The pick and pop game will be really tough to stop, I think. And yeah, like, the the true shooting that he had could go down a little bit or could stay the same, could go up. Like, I, I, I think KP is like a super talented offensive player. And like the ceiling here for him in Boston is like an all-star, another all-star game. I think that that is totally on the table for him in a winning environment. B-Rob, how many playoff series has Chris Stapps won in his career? I want to say zero. That'd be, a, that'd be a zero. That would be a zero. Oh, and two. Is that correct? Yeah. Two years. Uh, he was nasty he in, in the bubble. No, no, no he didn't play in New York. I was all down. Was, in the bubble, he got it hurt after game two against the Clippers. And he was like unguardable in that series. Incredible. And uh, that was tough. That was the meniscus injury. And he was like never the same in a Mavericks uniform after that. And also him and Luca didn't like each other. But um, what's that about? Yeah. What's the chemistry? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think that that was a different stage of his career for sure. Uh, I would be going off of, and Brad's talked about this a little bit, but I would be going off of like, you know, um, how he looked last season in that, in the Wizards, like, not really, like, the ego didn't seem to be there at all. And so you had like him for the most part being healthy. For the most part, accepting his role in the hierarchy behind Brad Beal when they played together. And like he was pretty quiet there and good. <laughs> like I think this is like a lot better than a lot of people because not, not a lot of people watch the Wizards. But um, yeah, I don't foresee him in a quote, like maybe it's a contract year, maybe it's not, but I don't foresee him like coming in and being like, I'm the best player on this team. Like I, I just don't. I don't think that's necessarily in the cards. Like when he was traded from New York, it was more, you know, early twenties. Um, Katie's calling him the unicorn gets the full max from Mark Cuban. Like at knowing that he just tore his ACL. Like, I don't know. Like it's, it's just a completely different time in his career. I think. Yeah. The time, I mean, I'll be coming in and that's why I think it's going to be fascinating too. Rich, like, what are the, this extension thing? Like, clearly, he wants the extension. His camp wants an extension. 
if you do that extension before you see anything, does that make sense for this? Other? It's just a, a you, you keep them happy, you locked in, you maybe maximize your, or is it like, ooh, if this somehow it's just like a clunky fit or whatever, and then puts you in an even tougher spot with Jalen's contract next offseason? Like, that is, uh, it can be an interesting push and pull there for the front office to manage, I feel like. Yeah. I, I tend to, I, I, if I had a guess, I think he's going to get it. But I really seems like it. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, Cause you, you, you can say you got to wait to see something, but like, you know, like Mike said, like the guy's got a pretty decent track record. Um, anything can happen once he's like, I guess with the Jays, but like, I don't know. You just never know. Like well, with all these deals, if he stays healthy, it's going to be awesome. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like with Rob, as long as he's healthy, it's a steal. As, as, as long as, you know, if he's, if he's missing three quarters of the games and, uh, then it, it was a mistake. You know, there's so many deals like that in the league. Uh, where you can say that, and Chris Stapps is one of those dudes, a seven-three, um, with the injury history that he has. Uh, you just never know; it's always going to be a risk, and at some point, you just got to get lucky and hope that the guy doesn't get injured. Maybe wait till after the World Cup to sign the deal, man. I don't know. Um, he's supposed to be playing oh, for. Is he playing for Latvia? I think he's playing for Latvia. Oh, that's oh. great. That's just yeah, what you so want. that's. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, let's wrap up on this. Then let's do quick round of predictions grant back is uh there I don't, is brogdon I, back what's what, what are we what's what's our what's our gut says i don't think that grant is back um i think a team will offer a, te- a cap space team will offer more than the mid-level for him and it could be a two-year deal mm. i think i think we'll see a lot of those frankly i think teams are going to be petrified of long-term money and yeah. I could see the Spurs. I could see the Pacers. I could see, you know, e- uh, reuniting with Ime Odoka in Houston. Uh, if they swing and miss on everybody. Uh, yeah. Like, again, I just think he fits on rebuilding teams. I think he fits on teams that are good, that want to be great. And I think he fits on championship contenders. So uh, he's kind of an ideal role player right now in the league. And he should he should get paid, frankly, more than the mid-level. An ideal role player at a less than ideal time to be uh, trying to cash in, right? Or think you can get decent money for those two years, just wouldn't be as as long of a of a contract. I think that he, since he's restricted, that could work to his benefit. Like teams know that that teams know Boston's salary situation. They know that all things of are pointing towards Jalen getting uh, what he's going to get next year. That kicks in the following year. I know, but um, yeah, like I could see a two year, I don't know. It's like 50 crazy. <laughs> like I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Like wh- what would it take to get him uh, like to have Boston be afraid of that second year? I think is a, uh, that could work to his benefit for sure. And that's why they, I mean, I don't know. That's why I kind of like you move off of Brogdon here if you can at all, just so you take away that part of the negotiation for Grant, where it's like you're just petrified of that long-term money. If you get Brogdon off the books for an expiring or something cheaper that also helps you next year, then you can still keep Grant and not like lose sleep over it. Whether or not they'll find that deal, whether or not that deal's out there, I guess we'll find out in the next week. But yeah, that's uh, 
I guess easier said than done at this point with with Brogdon's situation. And B Rob, like you alluded to, like, and I've heard it a few other places too that like this is the this is the year, to, like, like not one last run, but like this is the year to really go for it before you got to make some bigger decisions. And if that's the case, like having lost Marcus, I'd like to keep some consistency, some. You know, with the guys that have been there, who have been there through this this run, who who played in the finals, who 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 were there this past year for for all that, and Grant's a big part of that. And even if even if you know you're not going to rely on him all the time in the regular season, I think he's a guy that when it comes to the playoffs, you'd be happy to have him on board. So 100%. I don't know what my prediction is. My prediction is that I would like for him to be back. And I'm okay if you like. I I don't think he's back unless they move Brogdon. And I think that's a point flip at this point. And Brogdon is like the opposite of what you said, Pina. Like Grant can fit anywhere. Like you would think that only a contender is paying that kind of money for this version of Brogdon, right? Uh, yeah. Or you know, I don't think Boston would do it, but a team there are teams out there that I think are looking to take on bad salary. That's a huge benefit right now of having cap space. So. What are you going to give us with, you know, with your bad salary? Second um, round pick and pretty gay. <laughs> John exactly good, man. <laughs> Dude, that's, I mean, that's like literally, that's exactly right. Like, I think fans are not really coming to terms with how the new CBA is impacting the value of money on the open market and contracts that are, were signed, like, uh, like I, I don't know. Like I mean, like even someone like Dejounte Murray. It's like, are the Hawks really gonna? Are they they pumped about paying him? I don't think so. Like they're afraid of the luxury tax. So let alone go, going across the apron, and they're gonna have to extend a Kongwu. So like, yeah. Like I just think like there's a lot of teams out there where you could see some some shuffling going on. And uh, Malcolm Brogdon is at least on a fixed number. And I think teams out there would be willing to take him on with like a protected first or something attached to it. It could, could happen. Could not. I'm just, you know, just what I think. Totally. I think that's the one team that probably would have taken him without giving up something like that. Went out the door with the Clippers. Like, that's why I saw that package. I was like, wow, they, they're going to get, they're going to net, like they're going to have the Clippers give a first for Brogdon. And then the Clippers were like, Oh wait, why are we doing this? Or, physical whatever they want to say they didn't do it for it but now Celtics back to square one for that front um well guys this was a lot of fun i miss you both very much yeah, um man. we'll um maybe recircle the wagons here when the dust settles in the next few weeks see what uh how how wrong we were about all our predictions and everything else but um mike AP for cat. You heard it here first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Put, put that down. I agree with that one. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Mike's three steps ahead. Yeah, that's just way too expensive. But yeah, it's big great stuff. Um, Devontae Green to the Celtics. Devontae Green to Celtics. Put that one in the wire too. <laughs> like higher chance of that one happening. Um, yeah, we might have to might have to pull that one out of existence because that that just makes too much sense. And if it does happen, I have to give credit to my friend Brendan for. Right. mentioning it to me i can't take full credit but it's a great idea it's a great idea thanks Brendan. all right make sure you check these guys out make sure i think rich might have something special in store hold up put that under his hat for now but maybe we'll have an update on that next hopefully time on yeah fingers fingers crossed we'll see
and uh mike will obviously be cranking out great stuff at the ringer um all off season long here as well as on their podcast network so thanks again guys and we'll talk to everyone uh later this week